0: We're continuing our series called The Gardeners where we've looked at the fact that God is a gardener. Um, As uh, we see in Genesis two, we see the first time Jesus is seen after the resurrection, Mary on her way to to the tomb, sees someone who she thinks is a gardener, but it's the resurrected Christ, Christ's very first appearance. Uh, After his resurrection, he is seen as a gardener. And uh, we've kind of looked at what that means. You know, God is a person that moves things from chaos to order, from emptiness to fruitfulness, from um, a, a Place we mentioned that word tohuva bohu, which is in Genesis 1, verse 2, it says that the earth was formless and void. Tohu vabohu. The earth was confused and empty in chaos and disorder. But God, through his creative activity, uh, turns the place into order and beauty and fruitfulness into something that's very good. And Jesus, the new creation gardener. Uh, himself is turning the chaos of this world into a place of order and beauty and fruitfulness through his activity. Um, and he calls us to, to do the same. Um, but while we're on this theme, I wanna look at this idea of fruitfulness. And um, you know, there is a, a really big difference between success and fruitfulness. But only one of these, God absolutely wants us to be. There's a difference between success and fruitfulness. And one of them, God really wants from us. The other, maybe not so much. Now, we are enamored by success as as a people. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, If uh, you're like Tabani, you follow the Kardashians. but but if you if you're a, if you love soccer, um, you know you've probably got your favorite. Are you a Ronaldo or a Messi person? Or depending on sport or, or or things like that. But we we are enamored by success. We love it. We love to follow. We love to engage on you know on the news, the media, the watch, the follow, the social media. Um, you know. Align ourselves with the Ronaldo clan or the Messi clan or who, whoever it is. Um, we love success, um, you know. You've you've got uh, all the Justin Bieber followers. They like what are they they affectionately name themselves the Believers, you know, or uh, Beyonce followers. What are they? They the Beehive, you know, and um, and it's it's like we we love to like engage and align ourselves with success and some of the reasons why we like success is this is one of my favorite photos, is our aspiration of being like this. (laughs) I mean, you gotta love Jeff Bezos. At 33, he looks kind of nerdy and geeky, and and now he's a CIA agent or something. I mean, look at that oak. That oak looks like he could take on anyone in the world. And part of the reason why we love success is because we think that with success comes happiness, comes health, comes being able to get whatever we want, Um, being able to move from the place of, you know, we think when we are successful, we'll move from this place of my own insecurities, my own, like, struggling with myself. Look at me, I'm a little bit nerdy and geeky and this and that, but don't worry, when I am successful, I'm gonna have a boat, look like a power lift, and uh, belong with Jason Bourne, you know, like... um, but, but there's, a, there's a measure of like success is going to bring fulfillment in, in my life. When I am successful, then I will be fulfilled. Um, and, um, you know, we have images like that and stories like that. But you know, the reality about success is as you, read the stories and you get to know some people who are successful, there's some, there's a surprising disappointment that comes with success, that some people become so successful and then you, you hear of how many music stars get to this pinnacle of success and commit suicide and how many uh, people get to this pinnacle of business success and their kids don't want to speak to them. And their families are broken. There's this, there's this challenge in that success makes us believe that when we get it, we will be fulfilled. Um, but the story that you hear over and over again of people who have given their lives to be successful is that when you get there, the, the achievement is just not quite as fulfilling as it seemed. fruitfulness is a bit different from success and um, we want to talk about fruitfulness because fruitfulness is one of the things that God really desires for his people. God may not want you to be successful. I don't know if he does or doesn't. You know, you can figure that out with you and God. Um, But One thing I 100% know is that God wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to be fruitful. We'll look at the the end of this. We'll talk a little bit about Jesus and the surprising thing about Jesus is Jesus in so many ways was a failure in life, but he was unbelievably fruitful. And God's call to our own lives is not to reach the pinnacle of success in any kind of space that you're in, but to live a fruitful life. And a fruitful life is surprisingly fulfilling. Genesis 1 verse 28, where we kind of started the story, it's, it says "As God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. What's interesting about this is theologians talk about this. They talk about the importance of the first occurrence of something in the Scriptures. The first time something occurs in the Scriptures is seen as really important. It's like the Scriptures are introducing something that is really important. And here what we see is the very first time in the scriptures that God is speaking to humanity. The very first time God is speaking to humanity and you wanna stop and you wanna go, God is speaking to humanity. This is the first time in the scriptures that we see God engaging and speaking with humanity. What is he going to say? What is God gonna say when he engages with humanity? Yo, I built you a home, have a good time. Like, you know, you're kind of, you're intrigued. You're like, what are the words going to be? The very first thing that God says to humanity is be fruitful, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. God speaks to humanity, and his command, his, his words to humanity at this beginning of creation is this command to fruitfulness, be fruitful. We'll talk about what fruitfulness is now, um, but be fruitful. Jesus, uh, he uh, gives an illustration in John 15, it's become one of the the more famous illustrations of Jesus. It's the story of Jesus and the vine. And he says, I am, Jesus talking about himself, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. As we said, God is a gardener. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. This is, I jump to verse eight, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus, you know, in one sense, echoing the command in Genesis chapter one, now says to his disciples, this is my desire for you, this is the Father's desire for you, that you would bear much fruit. I love that, much fruit. Like God wants us to be fruitful, very fruitful. Not like it is God's, you know, um, this is to my Father's glory that you would bear one fruit. You know, it's, it's, it's this beautiful thing of abundance. God wants us to be abundantly fruitful. He wants us to live abundantly fruitful lives. The command in the beginning of Scripture, God speaks to humanity for the first time, be fruitful. This is to my Father's glory, Jesus says to his disciples, that you would bear much fruit. I am the true vine, as Jesus says, and my Father is the gardener. Part of us going through this series is understanding God is the gardener and he is, through his creative activity, producing fruit in this world. And through his work, He wants us to be fruitful. Fruitfulness is, in one sense, if we just have to, in its very simplest form, fruitfulness is about reproducing. It's about reproducing. When God says to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply, what is he saying? In the most simplest form, he's saying, have kids. Like, fill the earth, have kids. There needs to be more than just you two. Like, be fruitful is, in one sense, what he is saying. He's saying, reproduce. Uh, reproduce after your own kind. Be fruitful and multiply. Fruitfulness is about reproducing. A tree produces fruit so that it can reproduce, so that an animal will come along, eat the, the fruit or, or whatever, you know, the birds eat the figs and then they, they pour out the figs, sorry for the graphic illustration there at church, but um, excrete, good word, much better than mine. <laughs> but, and and then, through that process it helps the seeds to germinate, and then you have all these fig trees growing in your uh, in your what, what are they, your drain pipes and walls and on your roofs, and you've got these like natal figs everywhere. And uh, the fruit, the purpose of the fruit in the tree is to reproduce. If you Want to plant a lemon tree, you take the fruit, you take out the seed, and you put it in the ground, and it will produce a lemon tree. Fruitfulness is about reproducing. But when God is talking about fruitfulness, what is he talking about, and what does he want to reproduce? That is, I guess, the question. Otherwise, we could, you know, there's a lot of difficult questions that arise. But what does God want to reproduce? In verse nine of uh, John 15, he says, as the Father has loved me, he goes on and, and tells tells the story of the vine. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and also remain in His love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Um, And then he says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you may go bear fruit. Jesus chose and appointed you that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you, This is my command, love each other. The commentators say this, what is the fruit that Jesus is talking about? It's the fruit of love. The first fruit that God wants us to bear in abundance is the fruit of love. God wants to reproduce within us his love. So when Jesus is saying, abide in me, I am the vine, abide in me, he wants to produce through us his fruit, the fruit of love. Jesus himself said, this is You know, what's the greatest command, Jesus? What is the greatest command? What is the one thing that we need to do? Jesus said, this is the greatest command, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And equal to this is to love your neighbor as yourself. What is Jesus doing? He's saying, this is most important, love. And then he says to his disciples, you have witnessed the Father's love in me. And so as you abide in me, as you live in me, as you dwell in me, so reproduce the fruit of my own life, which is a fruit of love. No greater love has he than this, than he who lays down his life for his friends. Jesus lays down his life, telling, this is the greatest act of love, that he is laying down his life for his friends, reproduce within yourself love. God wants to produce in our lives an abundance of love. An abundance of love. Love for him, love for neighbor, and ultimately as uh, the process of discipleship goes and takes its full root in our lives, love for enemy, which always seems hard. I don't know if there's anyone that's really difficult to love in your life. Um, God wants to reproduce within us the fruit of love so that we can love not just those who we like and find easy to love, but that we can love neighbor, enemy, but ultimately God himself. God is love, and God as the gardener is at work in our lives. Sometimes pruning, pruning is difficult, it's challenging, pruning's really hard. Uh, if uh, you've ever kept roses, Lisa and I have um, um, some friends up at a church called Red Point, and uh, Ricky and Lynette, they're really good friends um, I think I've some of the most fruitful couples we know, but she loves roses. She has like roses everywhere in her garden. And uh, you know, at some point in a season of a rose life, it gets pruned and you walk through her garden and you're like this amazing rose full beautiful garden, all of a sudden looks like a bunch of twigs like sticking out the ground. You're like, huh oh. What happened to your garden? It was like so wonderful, the fragrance of the roses. And now it's like this thick stick, like sticking out. And you're like, oh, you killed it. Do you even know what you're doing? Like, this is looking terrible. But she's a master gardener. She knows how to get those roses to bloom. She knows how to get them to grow. And for them to grow, it requires pruning. It requires cutting off the dead branches and flowers and things that are sapping the life out of that rose that are going to prevent it from re-flowering again. So as a master gardener, what does Lynette do? She goes around her garden and with expert hands prunes prunes and prunes and prunes and prunes. And to the untrained eye, it just looks like she's killed her whole garden. But what she's done She's prepared it for a new season of growth, a new season of fruitfulness, a new season of flowering, so that when springtime comes or whenever roses bloom, I'm not an expert on roses, as you can tell, but whenever they bloom, you can walk back into a garden and you'll see all these beautiful roses and flower, God is a gardener, and what does he do as an expert gardener? He comes into our lives, and he prunes some parts of our lives. That's the hard part of fruitfulness, is that fruitfulness requires pruning. There are some areas in our lives that need to be cut off. For some of us, it could be social media. Like, I've got a time limit now on Instagram, because reels is the death of me. Have you... I don't know about you, reels are the death of me because you just wanna scroll. And you're like, oh, that's amazing. Next one, next one, next one. An hour later, you're like, what am I doing? I don't even know how not to do this. Like, some of you are laughing because you've done it. I know. But but you get into this like mindless thing. So some areas need to be pruned. I had to go into my like settings and be like, 15 minute time limit a day, you know, like, only. I only get a scroll for 15 minutes. And then the thing comes up one minute ago, you're like, oh, oh, scroll fast, you know. (laughs) Let me find a good one before my one minute's over. Um, But the reality is, is that in all of us, there are lots of areas that are not producing fruit. And God wants to produce fruit in us, and some of that is gonna require God's hand in our lives pruning some things and some things get pruned by our willing cooperation and sometimes things get pruned by unwilling cooperation which means God orchestrates circumstances in our lives that causes a pruning but he does that as an expert gardener so that you will be fruitful He wants you and I to be abundantly fruitful. And one of the areas he wants us to be abundantly fruitful in is love, is love. The journey of Christian discipleship is the journey of growing in love. If we are not growing in love, We have to question whether we are abiding in the vine. We have to ask ourselves, God, if I'm here not growing in love, what is going on? I need your hand in my life. Maybe God wants to prune. Because the journey of Christian discipleship is the journey of us growing in love. Loving God, loving neighbor, or people, each other, loving enemy. But the other area that God wants us to grow in is character. In Galatians 5, Paul says this: he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, gentleness. We know we've got that list of nine. Uh, character traits that are the fruit of the spirit um, as uh, um, you know, most of the commentators say it's important to know that these are the fruit of the spirit these are not the works of the spirit this is not uh, you trying your hardest to have massively good character this is about God reproducing through his spirit his character in you It's about us dwelling in God, being submitted to God, submitted to his ways of God, and by his spirit, reproducing fruit through your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and we can go on. God wants us to be fruitful in character. Sometimes that's the hardest thing, let's be honest. Character formation is really difficult. Character formation is really challenging because there are so many things in our lives that want to fight for us not to have good character. In fact, as the psalmist says, the psalmist says, Lord, won't you help me? Why? Because look at the wicked. They always seem to prosper. Why am I doing this? Why am I living this life? Psalmist in Psalm 73 goes on. He's like, I look to the wicked and they always seem to prosper. They seem to be doing well. Look at them. They're getting rich and successful and this and that. And here I am trying to live a good life. But then, as the psalmist says, I looked to your temple. I saw you and... uh, He realizes, whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you I dwell, desire nothing on earth. God, you are my real desire. And as we dwell in God, our characters are formed. I'll try and go a little bit quicker now. But... Another area of fruitfulness is disciples. God wants us to make disciples of all nations. Part of the fruitfulness of the Christian life is seeing not just ourselves grow in Christ, but other people grow in Christ. It is Jesus' great commission. Just before he ascends, he stands with his disciples and he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey That I've commanded you. Jesus' call to his church is a call to fruitfulness in disciple making, in seeing not just ourselves grow in the character of God, in love, in obedience, in worship of him, but to see others come alongside us as well. Jesus wants to use you to make disciples. And of course, an obvious one is that we grow by naturally being fruitful, families, people having children, and uh, of course we know there's some senses of things around that. But God wants our lives to be abundantly fruitful. Um, And we'll talk a little bit about what that looks like shortly. But why Are we often more enamored by success than we are by fruitfulness? And I think part of the reason why we're more enamored by success than by fruitfulness is because success is about the self. And if we have to be honest, we love ourselves, we're like obsessed with ourselves. Success is about the self, it's about our achievements, it's about what we want to do with our lives. It's all focused at our selves. The desire, when we look at success, the desire of, of following the successful people and reading the successful books is that it will reproduce within us success. And as it does, that we will become someone great. But fruitfulness is not about self, it's about others. Fruitfulness is in its basic form about reproducing someone else. Fruitfulness is about reproducing, not only God reproducing love in you, but through you reproducing love in others. Success is a self-focused idolization of achievements in some sense. But fruitfulness is about this self-sacrificial giving of oneself for others. You know, the thing about fruitfulness that is really difficult is fruitfulness is messy. I don't know if you've ever been into a home with lots of kids in it. I grew up in a home with lots of kids. Um, There were six of us, so... My mom was very fruitful, I guess you could say. But um, there were six of us at home. Do you know how hard it is to keep a home of six kids ordered? It's like so difficult. It's like really hard. The more kids are running around, there's toys, there's this, there's that. No matter how many times your mom would tell you during the day to clean up, you would go and clean up. You know, Maybe we'd go and listen to our mom probably half clean up. 30 minutes later, chaos again. It was just chaos, like part of the thing with fruitfulness is it is messy. We live in a generation, I'm fascinated by this, but like over the last um, 10 years with the, the movement of minimalism and tiny homes and people wanting to live successful lives and focus on their careers and not having kids and like Europe going through negative growth rates and things like that. Like, what is it? It's like we don't want the messiness of fruitfulness. It disrupts our lives. I want my ordered life. I want my perfect life. I want my successful life. I want it all to you know, fit in my boxes and do my thing. But you know, fruitfulness, if I have kids, it's gonna mess that up. Like kids are gonna mess, and they will mess it up, trust me. Like it is chaos, it is loud, the screaming of kids. Um, I love the, Eugene Peterson helped me see this. Eugene Peterson said, whenever you go into a hospital wing and you hear babies crying, you must thank the Lord that it's signs of life because a silent hospital wing in a pediatric ward is a terrifying thing. You want kids to cry. The noise of kids is the sign of fruitfulness. So now every time my kids make noise, I have to be like, Thank you, Lord. <laughs> fruitfulness. Bless you, Lord. Five in the morning. Dad, wake up. Fruitfulness. <laughs> But the reality is, is that fruitfulness is messy. It is sometimes uncomfortable, it's disruptive. If we want to live fruitful lives, we have to realize this, that our lives will be a bit messy. Reproducing fruit in other people is messy. Fruitfulness requires vulnerability, not only Fruitfulness in reproducing kids requires the vulnerability of marriage. But it requires reproducing fruit of character within other people requires the vulnerability of life. people who want to see good character in others have to be vulnerable about the challenges of character in their own lives. Vulnerability is one of the things that helps fruitfulness take place. Fruitfulness takes time. That's, I think, one of the hardest things about fruitfulness is that it takes time. You put a seed in the ground and you see it grow, but what, lack? Most trees for the first three to seven years don't produce fruit. It takes time for fruit to be produced. It takes time. It takes investment to see fruit in people's lives, to see fruit in our kids' lives, to see their character development takes time. It takes engagement. It takes energy. Plants Store huge amounts of energy within their fruits. They invest themselves in their reproduction. Fruitfulness takes time, fruitfulness takes presence. Abide in me, Jesus says. The fruit of the Spirit that comes from abiding in the Spirit. The presence of us with other people that sees this reproduction of love and character and discipleship. It is messy, it's vulnerable, it's time consuming and it takes presence. Like fruitfulness is hard work in some sense. I've heard a farmer say this to me. He says, Jamie, the reason why so many farmers are not successful is because no one's ever told them how hard work farming really is. And then when someone buys a farm and they're like, I'm gonna grow vegetables. And they're like, woohoo, this is gonna be easy. You know, like don't farmers do nothing all day and just like walk around. Like farming is intensely hard work. because reproducing fruit is intensely hard work. It's messy, it's vulnerable, our fruitfulness. <laughs> Bless you, Lemay. Time, presence, fruitfulness. God wants to be fruitful, even when you think you're barren. One of the things that I love about um, you know the story of the scriptures is is God uses the naturally barren to produce incredible spiritual fruit. What does it say in Isaiah 54? Sing, O barren woman, for more will be the children of the desolate than she that bores a child. Sing, O barren woman. God will produce fruit through your lives. If you look through the lineage of Jesus, Sarah was barren, And we go on through all these people that were barren, ultimately to Mary, a virgin who gives birth to a son. God produces fruit in barren spaces. Maybe you feel spiritually barren. Maybe the challenge of talking about fruitfulness is because you biologically just cannot have kids. God sees you and wants to bring about fruitfulness in your life, even if that means you may not be able to have biological kids. Are you tracking with me? Can I close with two stories? So the first story I want to tell you about is this guy here who's going to come up Does anyone know that guy? So, this guy's called David Nickel. Um, David Nickel led a church called Spanish River Church. It's a church I can almost certainly guarantee none of us have heard about. Spanish River Church, a church in Florida in the US. David Nickel will go down in the 20th century as the guy through his church who's probably seen the most number of church plants, self-sustaining church plants. Their church, while he led it, planted over 200 churches in 10 different nations. No one's heard of him, no one's heard of him. In the world of Christendom, he would not be regarded as successful. No one knew him, he didn't preach on big stages, he didn't do anything that would make anyone know his name. I mean, no one's read any of his books. We just would not know him. In the idea of success, he would not be a success. He didn't preach on the big stages of tens of thousands of people. He didn't have the most massive uh, radio podcasts or, or whatever. He, he just was not What we would look at and think, wow, this guy was successful. He lived the Christian life, you know. But through their ministry, their church, they planted over 200 churches, independent churches that were still going by the time he passed away recently. He was incredibly fruitful. Their church was incredibly fruitful. Fruitfulness and success are not the same things. But what we really want to be is we would far rather be a church like Spanish River Church that is fruitful than it, whatever your picture of the successful church you may think of. Jesus, Jesus, when we think of Jesus, we think now Jesus was an uber success. I mean, you must think, I mean, like the most famous person in the world, Uh, Jesus has over two billion followers right now. Like, it's pretty insane. Um, But Jesus, Jesus lived, If you think about it, he lived a semi-itinerant ministry, traveled from place to place, was persecuted often. He died at the age of 33, didn't get married, didn't leave behind any possessions, made no real money. Like, you look at Jesus and you think, Jesus, like, what is going on? Nailed to the cross, um, everyone scattered, left behind 12 disciples. Um, You look at Jesus and you go, like, that is not... The epitome of success. You just as you start, you're done, dead, gone, out of the picture. But Jesus is incredibly fruitful. Jesus is reproducing himself. Over and over again. What is the goal of Christianity? Ultimately, to become like Christ. Christ, as we dwell in him through what he has done, he is reproducing himself across the world, across two billion people. Jesus is incredibly fruitful. Incredibly fruitful. God wants us, desires that we would be incredibly fruitful. That not only will he reproduce in us himself, but that through us, he will reproduce his love and character and disciples and others. God wants to use our lives to produce fruit. Can I close with one last thing? If we go back to Genesis one, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Fruitfulness is, and uh, I stole this from Lisa, fruitfulness is about filling our space. Fruitfulness is about filling our space. God is causing, through the fruitfulness of the church, the gospel to spread into every part of the world. So that, as Revelation says, one day from every tribe and tongue, people will worship him. God is causing the gospel to spread, bear fruit all over the the world, he is filling the earth with his glory through the fruitfulness of the church. God wants us to be fruitful, which means in some sense, filling our space. It means being in a space and being able to reproduce love in that space. It may be being fruitful at work, may not always being successful at work, but being fruitful at work is about reproducing what God, the fruit of the godly life within that space. So if you could imagine being in a space that maybe is morally corrupt and that as you find yourself in a space that's morally corrupt, bearing fruit is about seeing godly character being reproduced around you. Being fruitful is about seeing people come to know Christ around you. Being fruitful is about reproducing love around you. Being fruitful is about filling the spaces in which we are in and reproducing God's fruit within those spaces. Maybe at love, maybe in family, school, work. Society, we as Harbor City want to be fruitful by seeing every part of South Africa, the gospel going out into every part of South Africa. One day that means we'll plant churches. But now that means we're here in Glenwood, in Durban, in Etiquini, in different spaces, and it's seeing the character of God the works of God, the life of God being reproduced through our lives into those spaces. God wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to fill our space and fill our space with his love, his character, with disciples. Does that make sense? You know what makes the soil, the soil, the environment of plants healthy so that they can bear fruit? Decomposing matter, death. Death, the death of leaves, the death of things, falls to the ground, and it dies. And as it dies, it becomes the nourishment of the trees that are going to bear fruit. Um, As Miles told us on Thursday night, rainforests have really bad soil, but they have a lot of decaying matter that provides the nourishment for rainforests to flourish. The church flourishes off the death of one man, of Christ who gave his life to create the environment for the flourishing of you and I. Jesus laid down his life, gave his life, demonstrated love, paid the ultimate price so that we who may have lived in a difficult environment, now get invited into the kingdom through him. And through his body given, his life given, creates the environment for our flourishing. Jesus' death brings about our fruitfulness. Jesus laying down his life for you and I brings about our fruitfulness. And I pray, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be fruitful, fruitful in love, fruitful in character, fruitful in disciple making, um, people who live beyond our souls, who see reproduction of you, uh, your character in others. Lord, I pray for those of us who have come to church week after week, but maybe we ourselves feel so barren, so dry, so unfruitful. Maybe our character feels like it's just not growing or changing or representing you. Lord, I pray even this morning that you would be at work by your Spirit, stirring in our hearts faith that you would produce fruit in our lives. I pray for a season change in some people, that even this morning some people's lives would go through a season change and that you'd begin to cause the fruit of your gospel um, to to produce fruit in in their lives in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you, not only are you the source of our love, but through your sacrifice you're reproducing Your love in us and in others. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.